Justify, the only horse to win the Triple Crown of American Horse Racing and retire undefeated. His name soon became synonymous with perfection, unstoppable, unbeatable. And yet, Justify's name also became correlated with three of the worst words in the vocabulary of horse racing, positive drug test. Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast, Smart Horse Racing. I am your host, Megan Murata, and I am a journalist who covers the sport of horse racing. Today's podcast focuses on Justify, the 2018 Triple Crown winner. Now, for those of you who do not know what the Triple Crown is, it is one of the highest achievements in the American horse racing world, where a three-year-old thoroughbred wins the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, and the Belmont Stakes. For this podcast, I had the pleasure of interviewing Ron Flatter, the managing editor of Horse Racing Nation, which is an online horse racing news outlet. Together, we primarily discuss how Justify tested positive for scopolamine after winning the 2018 Santa Anita Derby, and how the positive drug test has or will impact Justify's career. Since drug violations have unfortunately become so prevalent in the racing world, Ron and I also talk about the impacts that Justify's case could have on the sport of horse racing as a whole. I hope you all enjoy. First, I just kind of want to talk about the substance that was found in Justify's system, scopolamine. In his case, it came from eating hay that contained jimsonweed. How often, do you know, does this happen to horses when they're racing? Probably, Megan, more than we really do know, and I would suspect more than even trainers will know, because it's difficult to get a handle on where feed comes from. You see it packaged from various distributors and sources. And in the case of Justify, he wasn't the only one who wound up getting a scopolamine positive as a result of some contaminated feed that came into Santa Anita. I was told there were at least two or three other cases that were documented, although the California Horse Racing Board doesn't go completely public with these sorts of things. We were only really made aware of the case with Justify because, frankly, it was in hindsight after he had accomplished what he had in his brief 112-day career. Once he had finished winning the Triple Crown, then you had some who felt like, well, wait a minute, something was wrong here. The California Horse Racing Board did not quickly open up about what had happened. And so we find out later that he did a test positive for scopolamine. Now, this, is, this has happened before. Uh, we've seen cases documented of this. And as I understand scopolamine, I'm no pharmacist or chemist or anything like that, but everything I've read about it, scopolamine is not the kind of uh, drug that's going to make a horse go faster. If anything, it will make a horse go slower and could inhibit performance. So even though it is listed on those drugs and medications that are not allowed to show up in a horse, well, it can happen. And so in the case of this, this was really a case of justify being poisoned. I'm not saying intentionally by any means, nothing nefarious. It just was something in terms of contaminated feed. Jimson weed uh, is something. In fact, there is an interesting video that Vice, V-I-C-E, the investigative journalist, did in South America describing how Jimson weed has become a fatal date rate drug for humans. 
And I remember bringing this up with Bob Baffert as we were discussing it one day at uh, Clocker's Corner at Santa Anita, and he wasn't even aware of that. I said, no, there's, you should check this out. It's a scary drug used to a certain excess in places in South America, and it had become a, a huge problem there. So when you talk about Jimson wheat, we've heard it before. We've heard anecdotal evidence of it before. We've seen actual evidence of it. But I suspect, Megan, we don't know just to what extent Jimson weed winds up in feed for horses, which is basically an amalgam of a lot of different things that grow out of the soil. And that's uh, what happened with Justify. Yeah, and the sad thing that I noticed is that a lot of the horse racing media did a great job with presenting that information, saying it was an accident, it came from a plant, it wasn't an injection. But as the case went on, more of the mainstream media that doesn't focus on horse racing made it seem like it was intentional. And in many ways, when I bring this up to people who don't know horse racing, they go, oh, you're abusing the horse, and it's a very bad thing. And yes, there are cases where trainers do intentionally drug their horses, but in Justify's case, it was an accident. How do you think this has impacted how the general public perceives Justify? Well, the problem is it also involves Bob Baffert. And so for many years, he has been the face of the sport. He won six Kentucky Derbies, seemed to have won seven, but then a failed drug test came back and bit him in the case of Medina Spirit just last year. Uh, I would suggest there, I lived in Australia for three years, and there's a thing called tall poppy syndrome that they call uh, cases like this down there, cases like maybe Bob Baffert, or I'll give you an example. The whole thing comes from the idea that you grow a field of poppies and the, the tallest one is only there to be cut down so that you're only then just building up someone just to tear them down. So Bob Baffert became the biggest target in horse racing. And it was interesting that in his particular case and in Justifies, that only his positive test was leaked in terms of being made available to some mainstream media, some who were not as friendly with or necessarily looking at Bob Baffert as being anything more than a trainer at whom you look askance. So that was part of the problem here, and it remains so for Baffert. It's a case where he's had a lot of drug positives, but how many of those were because he's Bob Baffert, he's the big king on the block, and you want to try and knock him down? Worthy debate. It's a worthy debate. There are good trainers who have had zero or one or two positives in a, a multi-decade career, and they ask, well, how come we're running horses the same way theoretically he is, but he's always getting caught. And, and I would suggest that the Baffert acolytes would tell you that it's because he's being picked on because he was the biggest uh, fish in the pond, as it were. So I think that's what happened here when the mainstream media caught up with it. It was like, oh, hey, look at this, you know, Bob Baffert. Well, the perception was he was a cheater who got Medina Spirit a victory when he shouldn't have. Gamine finishing third in the Kentucky Oaks on the very same drug that was uh, found in Medina spirit system. Then you start to work your way back and you start to say, well, aha, look at Justify, look at that. But again, it's what you said, Megan. It's just taking the surface of it and saying, well, okay, this horse was drugged illegally. But again, it was with a drug that was not a performance enhancer. By the way, same thing with Gamine and with Medina spirit, betamethasone, not a performance enhancer either. Nevertheless, yes, illegal to have in their systems, but how did they get there, etc. And so that starts to be one of those threads that when you pull on that, it starts to unravel a whole lot more of the story. I keep seeing in the case of the second place finisher of the Santa Anita Derby for his trainer, 
how there's been several court cases going back and forth between him and the California Horse Racing Board, focusing on should we keep Justify as the winner or should we take him down because he tested positive? What do you personally believe should be done about Justify in this case? Oh, I believe everybody should have their, their hearing, Megan. I mean, Mick Ruiz is the trainer of whom you're speaking, uh, Bolt Dioro being the horse that uh, was in question. And, uh, I, you know, I've certainly dealt with Mick a good deal. And during that run by Bolt Dioro, he was very available to the media. And uh, look, he and Bob Baffert do not get along. It's, it's as simple as that. And uh, Mick felt like Bob cheated and that the system cheated Mick because, again, the CHRB, the California Horse Racing Board, which is the uh, jurisdictional authority in California for racing, uh, did not, was not forthcoming about what had gone on with Justify. And so it was like, well, if you have nothing to hide, why were you hiding it? I think that is a worthy question. I think it's a very worthy question. I think if the court case can expose some of the problems that led to just the very shadow of a doubt in this particular case, I think it's worth going ahead and pursuing. So Mick Ruiz might end up with a hollow victory. He could end up saying, they could be, end up being said, told, yes, you should have been told that this was out there. The public should have known that there was a Jimson weed positive and that the, the tainted feed was the cause of all this. This should have been unfolded rather than just kept behind closed doors and said, Shh, don't say anything because we don't want to ruin a good story with Justify, which I think was the case. That's exactly, I think, why it was kept under wraps. Uh, I think the use here, though, is even if Mick Brewis doesn't get one cent and does not get anything in terms of retrospective dollars, because there are dollars on the line here, if somehow Justify could be disqualified from the Santa Anita Derby, then a sizable check could go to Mick Ruiz. But even if he get, doesn't get a single cent, if this does make the California Horse Racing Board act more openly and be more transparent, then I think there's some worth to this court case. Definitely. And especially since the California Horse Racing Board oversees Santa Anita in general. And since Santa Anita has been under so much scrutiny with all of the racing deaths they had, especially in 2019, I do agree that it is a good idea that they are held accountable for everything. And everything that's happened with Medina Spirit and all the other Baffert horses, it's kind of a catch-22 because you want horse racing to hold its trainers, its veterinarians, its handlers all accountable for properly administering drugs and knowing which drugs are okay and which are not, but also handling their horses correctly. So I think it's kind of a catch-22 for Justify where you want him to stay perfect but you also think if he isn't disqualified, they're not enforcing what they've been saying about needing tighter drug rules. Is that correct? You, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's almost like the emperor wears no clothes. And so we don't dare not say that that's exactly what the case is here. But I, I look, I think Baffert really, he, he would like to have all these facts brought out. He feels like only certain facts have been brought out in this case, and I don't know all the facts in this case. I, I followed it as it was contemporaneous. And so uh, looking back on it, it feels like, yeah, there's probably a lot more of the story to be told. I think the same thing is the case with Medina Spirit. Uh, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission here in Louisville, or in Lexington actually, where it meets, uh, says it wants to be one of the most transparent bodies there is, except it is hamstrung by state laws that don't allow it. And the very commission that says it wants to be open secretly recorded conversations with Baffert, even though it was legal in the state of Kentucky, it certainly did not jibe with the claim that it wants to be the most open government commission there is. So it's not just California, Megan. It's, all, it's endemic to horse racing. It's almost like, shh, 
don't say anything. We don't want to upset the mainstream media. There's a point to be made there because, as you said, the mainstream media way may not scratch beneath the surface of a story to find out what the whole truth is. I think since it has taken so much time for this issue to come to light, because it was over a year until it was revealed that he tested positive, and since this issue has been ongoing for the past two years, two or three actually, mm -hmm. it does seem like it isn't going to make as big of an impact. The interesting thing about the Justify case was if you look at what Mick Ruiz was trying to bring in terms of the case against Justify, he was trying to get Justify disqualified as the Santa Anita Derby winner. Had that happened, Justify would not have had the points to qualify for the Kentucky Derby and therefore then couldn't have won it and therefore then could not have begun his run to the Triple Crown. And that was a big enough story at that moment. And it became more about personalities, really, in terms of the reporting of the story between Ruiz and Baffert. The drug part of it just seemed to be overshadowed by the personalities. It was out there. And then, of course, as you mentioned, the the revelation of it all came, but it just seemed to be like a comet. It just went into the sky and, and it created a lot of attention for a moment. And then it was gone. Uh, the same thing I fear is going to happen with Medina Spirit, uh, that, you know, here's this beautiful racehorse that died in a training uh, incident back in December. And now he's gone, uh, but they're going to be fighting over him for years. This happened in 1968. Um, Dancer's Image and Forward Pass, there was a drug issue with the Kentucky Derby there. That was not adjudicated until four years later. Four years later, when Dancer's Image, who crossed the line first in the Kentucky Derby, finally was ultimately disqualified in a 1972 court case. Uh, so, yeah, get ready. It, it, but, you know, what, what really changed since 1972? A few things around the edges, but, but everything that these challenges that horse racing faces are still the same 50 years later. And do you think that there will soon be a change in the time that it takes for horse racing, no matter the year, whether it was 1968 or Justify in 2018 or Medina Spirit in 2021, with how much time it takes for horse racing to reach a decision on what should be done about the horse in question? Uh, it's just how, you know, the wheels of justice turn slowly. That's never going to change. Uh, and I remember, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the whole Dancer's Image Forward Pass story, and I remember I was a 13-year-old boy watching the news when that night all of a sudden whoever it was on TV uh, came on and said, and the, the 1968 Kentucky Derby has finally been decided. And I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. And on I went about life. And I think that, I'm afraid that's what's going to happen here. Uh, the bigger cases and the bigger issues and the bigger questions, they remain. Uh, I know the horse racing industry did not want the federal government to get involved, certainly, but the horse racing industry could have gotten out of its own way and avoided that. And so here we are. Here we are. I mean, you know, I mentioned gun control, healthcare. You know, I mean, look at all the issues where this happens in life. It's not just horse racing. Right. And to ask a question about what could happen to Justify, being hypothetical, if he is disqualified from his win in Santa Anita, how do you think that will impact how he is viewed? Because he won't be called the only unbeaten Triple Crown winner to ever retire undefeated. Is his Triple Crown then even valid anymore? Because since he didn't win the Santa Anita Derby, he would not have enough points to be the Kentucky Derby winner. Yeah. So does that then validate his Triple Crown or does it void it? Right, yeah. It's like the old the house that Jack built. I, the, that's a great question, Megan. I don't know. I think it's going to be up to every individual to decide. 
Barry Bonds had hit 762 home runs. They still count as home runs, but you still get a great debate about whether he or Henry Aaron is the true home run champion because Barry Bonds, at least anecdotally and, and circumstantially, was on steroids and on performance enhancers during that uh, uh, the second half of his career. So we've never come to a settlement on that, and I don't think we ever will. I think it'll be the same thing with Justify. If this were to happen, how do you think this would impact the breeders within the industry? Because right now, Justify is a huge source for Ashford Stud. I think his stud fee is like 150000 He's a huge prospect. And his Colts and Phillies are finally going into training, and they're selling for millions. If he is disqualified, how do you think this would impact his breeding career? Not one bit. The Colts are still going to be the Colts, and he's at a point now where his foals are going to be establishing their own racing records, and that will be really where the rubber meets the road. Secretariat, still the greatest racehorse I ever saw in my life, and that was on television, actually. Justify, I should tell you, the most beautiful specimen of a racehorse I ever saw in the flesh. But Secretariat, my favorite racehorse, uh, that was when I was, uh, I was 14 when he won the Triple Crown in 1973. And as he did, uh, and won by 31 lengths in that Belmont Stakes. I thought, wow, I mean, he was syndicated for $6 million even before his three-year-old season. $6 million was a lot of money back then. It seems like a lot now, but, it, you know, I mean, think about inflation. But if you think about uh, what he accomplished as a sire, he wasn't that great. He wasn't that great. And once his babies really started to show that they were only average to good racehorses or maybe one or two here or there would become a graded stakes winner. Then you're looking at a, a case where his stud fee would go up or down accordingly based on that. So it was less about reputation at that point. It was almost like, okay, the reputation was the talk, the babies were the walk, and now the walk is what gets judged. And that's going to be the case with Justify. That makes sense. Thank you so much for letting me interview you. Those are all of the questions that I have. Oh, well, very good. Very good. I, I hope you're, I know you have a love of Justify and I hope, I hope you get the chance to see him as I was fortunate enough to do. I got to see him and to touch him. I have never seen a more magnificent racehorse. And I know the Saturday Night Live types would love to tell you that he was jacked up on juice or something like that. But if you looked at him, Baffert brought him out of the barn before he made, went into his second race, an allowance race that was written for him before the Santa Anita Derby. And I thought, oh my God. And Baffert's even told the story, and I don't know how true it is. It's a, he, he'll spin a wonderful yarn, but he did tell the story that when he showed up at the Belmont Stakes and walked into the barn, all the other horses perked up and like, whoa, this is the big man on campus. I could totally see that happening with this horse. Mm -hmm. He just was magnificent. So I hope you do get a chance to see him. Thank you. <laughs> That's my dream. It's to be able to meet him someday. Thank you all so much for listening to my interview with Ron Flatter. If you are interested in learning more about Justify, please feel free to visit my website at www.maraudaproductions.wixsite.com. I hope that you all have a lovely day, and I will see you at the finish line. Bye-bye.